0: Coming to you from the KUCI headquarters in sunny Irvine, California, it's the talk show formerly known as Half Past Five with Paxton Wright, tonight's guest, comedian Mike Barish, featuring music from Sun Aura. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Paxton Wright. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Paxton Wright, as it has always been, as it shall remain, until further notice. Folks, we have got such an exciting episode for you today. I'm back during our brief hiatus, and uh, we, got, we got a doozy for you. Got a longtime friend of mine, uh, Mike Barish... A very very talented comedian been doing it for uh, some time uh number of years now that number being two but that's 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 enough time to you know start to get seasoned and polished and and you know I'd say he's i'd say he's just about getting there and we discussed his uh his career in comedy sort of his prospects for the future uh as you know as still a a budding up and coming comic some of the Friends in the industry he has made along the way, some very high-profile ones uh, that we, we will we will discuss a little bit about on the show, as well as our history together at our time at community college. We regaled each others with each other with tales of uh, the the oddities that one bears witness to at a community college. Um, we talked uh, just just a, a whole. A whole smorgasbord of subjects. We got a little heavy near the end by talking sort of about the uh, about censorship of comedy, if and when it's ever okay, and that is of course something for you folks to be the judge of. Ultimately, um, we of course threw our two cents in there, and it's it's a it's a divisive subject, especially these days. So it's one that uh, you know we definitely didn't want to come down too hard on where we stood. We wanted to leave the sort of dialogue open as more just food for thought, and. See where other people stand on that. So that was that was a, a whole bunch of fun. We also uh, we also talked very extensively about the company that Mike works with the the comedy company. I guess you'd call it. I'm not exactly sure what the what the uh, denotation of that is, but it's uh, don't tell comedy, which is a really pretty fantastic organization. Um, that is uh, fairly young actually. It only started a few years ago, as I recall. Uh, and they they are all over the country um they're essentially their gimmick as mike will sort of get a bit more in depth of on the show is that their shows are kind of surprise shows the venues are generally revealed pretty last minute the lineups are revealed pretty last minute it's uh you never know what you're gonna get with don't tell comedy and that that's uh that's a large part of the fun with it so you will hear more about that as the show progresses this was a bit of a shorter one i'll be honest as is why i'm uh you know taking my sweet time with this monologue today uh mainly because i won't obviously get too much into the details but we did discuss at one point kind of a private affair of mike's not an affair as in like a a don draper you know steamy behind closed doors thing affair as in just a a series of events that uh occurred um between Mike and someone else where we realized in hindsight after recording the interview that eh, it might be a bit of an invasion of privacy of that of that individual so we cut that out so as a result this interview ended up being uh sort of substantially shorter than the usual one so I'll be running this monologue a bit longer and we'll also be playing kind of a lengthy song near the end sort of Fill that up, but I think this is a good monologue, and I think the song is even better. And you, uh, you can ultimately be the judges of that, I suppose. But yes, ultimately, I think this tur- still turned out to be a quality episode, even if it runs a bit under the usual length. And we we opened it up with a doozy of a conversation about Mike's uh, former but intense uh, addiction to uh, uh, Jules. And e-cigarettes, which I mentioned in the interview, and I cannot stress again, I do not advocate for, and neither does Mike, but uh, he does it is a it is a rather funny slash mildly tragic tale of woe of a of a four month bender, I guess you'd call it, um, in that in that world. So you'll hear all about that as soon as the episode as soon as the interview actually starts up, but in the meantime, before we actually get to the, the the heart of this episode, I do want to mention, as I always mention, that if you want to reach out to me for whatever reason, you want to tell me that uh, this was my best episode yet, and, and you just you, you need to hear more of this caliber, you want to tell me that I've had no such thing as a best episode and that I need to stop this show immediately, you can always reach out to me with any questions, compliments, insults, inquiries, advice, etc. at paxtonwright at KUCI.org. That's P-A-X-T-O-N-W-R-I-G-H-T at kucio Folks, if you also would like to listen to the show on the go because you're a fast-paced wheeler and dealer uh, with, with a lifestyle that calls for not sitting down by the by the terrestrial radio like it's 1892. I don't even think radios existed then, but that's, that's how ahead of the times you are, is that the past seems even farther past than it already was. Uh, and you, you need to listen to this show on your own time, at your own leisure. You can always do that by checking out KUCI colon the talk show formerly known as Half Past Five on Apple Podcasts. And that is always a viable option. The only downside being that due to a very understandable station policy, we are not allowed to play music at the end of the episodes. So the only difference really being between this show and the podcast version is that once the interview's over, that's the end of the episode. There is no music to play it out. So if you're trying to hear some fresh new tunes, you you wanna you wanna tune into this show. But if you're trying to get the same the same oomph that the show gives you otherwise, oomph, I suppose, is a fitting verb, if any, then you're going to want to check out that podcast. Again, that's K-U-C-I, colon, the talk show formerly known as Half Past Five, and that is on Apple Podcasts. Now, folks, that's about all the information I need to relay to you. Beyond that, uh, the world's your oyster, and this show is sure to knock your socks off. So please, without further ado... Okay, a little further ado because I like uh, cre- increasing the dramatic tension here. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with the one, the only, the incomparable Mike Barish. So, uh, continue, please.
1: Uh, as I was saying, I found like the jewel while walking my dog, and I was like, "This is a good reason to start jeweling." Uh, so I like bought the pods online, like at the the jewel online store. Uh, That's what they call it. I believe so. It's called the Jewel
0: Online Store with like a little like abbreviated stutter in the middle. It's shocking they've caught on to the degree they have with such terrible online marketing. Yeah, it's really like a DIY operation down there. These boys down at the Jewel Labs, founded by Francis Jewel in the year twenty
1: thirteen. Yeah. So um. I just added and I just, for, like, four months, I just, like, didn't take a breath of actual oxygen. <laughs> I was just, like, I was, like, you know those, um, those, like, sleeping Darth Vader masks. Those like people, people with apnea. Apnea, yeah, yeah, it was, like, that, but with a jewel, and all, while I was awake. And I, I just, it was just with me without fail forever and then I lost and I was like it's like everything is a fair ephemeral
0: the the lord giveth and the lord taketh away Michael
1: that's, that's the uh, lesson I took away from my brief run in with a jewel that's uh, I also realized I am terrible at wielding even the least responsibility <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big that's the other big takeaway from that just having access to nicotine like unregulated immediately you're just like well so, all right I'm gonna i guess this. this is me now yeah. i guess i'm 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 just a jeweler yeah. <laughs> uh
0: no it's uh it, it's it's as you say you know the it's it's the universe being like let's see if he can handle this responsibly it's not good for him but I everybody couldn't. everybody deserves to de-stress a little bit here and there you know take a puff every now and again michael yeah. and then after a week it was like oh lord we've made a mistake take this away take it away he can't handle this power Pretty Pretty much.
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I, the last time I remember having it was in this very room we're recording in, and I have deconstructed everything in here looking for it in search of it, tore apart every cushion on the couch, like look through <laughs> the bed. It's, I never turned up. So it's probably still in here to this
0: very day. Let's stop the interview and tear everything up and find it. My my cravings are insatiable, <laughs> yeah. Michael. Uh, after that uh, horrible tangent, I want. I also want to make clear to the good people listening that I in no way advocate for the use of uh, electronic cigarettes or vapes of any kind. Mm. Uh, the, well, the, of course, the jury is still out on exactly how bad they are for you. We know they're not good for you, uh-huh. and they are being marketed toward children. So let's uh, let's let's be let's say no to the vape and say yes. To share. To the ape. This episode brought to you by the new Donkey Kong game. I don't know what this bit is. It's I was mean, trying, trying to make a ring so out of this. sticking med- on this ship with you. Michael, Michael, how are you? I, I'm doing swell. Great. I'm doing good. Are you going to play the new Donkey Kong game? I am. <laughs> this is good. I'm looking forward to it. The new untitled Donkey Kong game. Uh, Alright, Michael. Now that now that, that is all said and done. we And we've, we've gotten past that foolishness. Rolling. We rolling. Uh, Michael, how how's, how's 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 how you doing today, baby
1: boy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I gotta be honest. I haven't done a formal radio interview before. I'm pretty aware of the recording element of it, but I I think our dynamic's strong enough to hold suit.
0: I think I think it's got uh, I, th- I think it's worth its weight in gold, and I think people will see that soon enough. You mean, the
1: fact that it has no physical weight,
0: Michael, Faxton. you're really you're really y- y- that was more... all the momentum we had. Gone. That's you. You can't. You can't contradict your host. Yeah, Everything I, I say, you must. You must nod your head in agreement with. Do you understand? I do now. Good. Good dog. Anyway, got creepy there. A little bit. Anyway, Michael. Uh, so you are. You are a uh, a comedy man, as, I... as the as the profession is is commonly referred. Yeah.
1: Do do some stand up.
0: Yes, and you've been doing this for what two years now or two
1: years exactly yeah well e- exact to the day <laughs> not, I had, roughly I started two summers ago so. okay s-
0: and and that all got started uh, right around the same time that you and I actually formally met for the first time yeah briefly
1: which, after actually
0: which you say it's been two years I feel like it's been longer since we've since we like it was has it
1: has it been has well it, we met in Mr. Wang's class, oh, deep Jason cut reference, Wang. for all the, like, true OG Paxton Wright fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're virtually never someone... once referenced on this show, <laughs> Professor Wang? Yeah, yeah. Of um, that was, by the way, one of the best classes I've ever taken in my life. It really was. Just... He... The, the experience of being in the room, I not so much like statistics itself uh, was a difficult subject for me.
0: The, the subject in itself was miserable. Yeah, the professor made it an utter
1: joy. Though. And all, just the ensemble cast—that was the students who made up that specific class.
0: It was. It was. I remember we
1: had. That I don't want to use the term redneck, but he, the, the, I, he doesn't leave me a lot of other options. It <laughs> was, it was, it was it just, he like, always. I'll oh, just put it this way: I never saw him without a diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 there was that guy. Well, but, sure he, 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 but,
0: but the thing about the thing about him, uh, Mister Mister Appalachian, we'll call him. Uh, Mister Appalachian was, uh, despite all the cliches that he exhibited in accent. Uh, appearance uh, uh a soft drink of choice he still was one of the most like hyper intelligent people in that class yeah do you remember he was he was like one of the most outspoken like aced every paper he was like this like weird genius where yeah was, like you you give off strong vibes of like stinky from hey arnold and yet you are like wiping the floor with me on, yeah. these, on these exams yeah um and there was who else did we have we had uh we had the girl There was
1: that girl who kept like referencing her drug use like unprompted. Remember uh, she was like a kind of an older girl. Like yeah. ordered for like community college. I do, standards. yeah. Was, she
0: she'd it's had like, a history. She'd she'd had a uh, she'd had a she'd she definitely had a background when it came to substances. But it, was but was clean and sober and Seemed that way. Her, yeah. Hoping hoping for the best for her. Uh but yeah, it was just very, very this is a, uh, loud and proud, and was you know we learned her whole history just casually in class through she would,
1: through like math questions.
0: She would find a way to reference yeah like, her <laughs> entire background in in discussing uh, Avogadro's number. Yeah, um, whatever it is, Avogadro, avocado. avocado. I, I think it's Avogadro's number. Sure, let's go with that. And then Professor Wang was a man who, despite being a math professor, seemed way more interested in watching YouTube videos with the class. Yeah, half he the
1: time. Put on some pretty incredible stuff, actually. It was. It was like a lot of like, like, po- like political figures fist fights from third world countries. That was a
0: huge. One. That was
1: a big. I think there were multiple, weren't there? There was
0: there was a, there was a day where we spent that's like an, an entire hour watching...
1: subgenre of like that.
0: It was a, it was a video. There's a, a day where we spent. Almost an hour of, uh, of parliaments in sort of underdeveloped countries uh, just breaking out into full-on fist brawls. We yeah. watched an hour of these videos. There's countless of them on YouTube. And our math professor valued this way over algebra, as did the rest of us. True. We were all glad to take part in it. Um, but point being, uh, what an environment to meet someone with a ridiculous sense of humor and a passion for comedy yeah um because it gave us infinite material to riff on after oh class my god started. absolutely
1: i and feel like that's what like initially like launched the friendship was just like our like shared like view of absurdity of the
0: class shared bafflement of this yeah. two and a half hour algebra or statistics class whatever yeah. it was it was uh you know it was it was really something else Michael. I think it was algebra actually. I think it was algebra. Yeah, in fact it was Definitely was. was. Yeah. yeah. Um but since then, I mean, that class I think part of the reason I loved it so much and we haven't talked at all about your comedy career yet, but I need to I need to focus with. on this first because that class I think was such a fantastic representation like just a a microcosm like culmination of Every weird facet of community college life, yeah, like all wrapped into one class of like thirty some people, like it, it's community college is just great because it, it it truly brings out. I, I first off, I want to make clear, SMC is a fantastic school. Yeah, um, I I got a high quality education there. Had some fantastic professors. Had yeah, some wonderful people. I can't sing high enough praises about the place. It's also a weird friggin' place. Oh,
1: completely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and would you agree, like, that class is just... I mean, every person in that class was a representative of, like, one various, like, cliche... Some, like, niche <laughs> culture within, like, the <laughs> campus, like, uh,
1: environment. I think so. I think it was, like, there were some, like, unrepresented, uh, unrepresented, like, groups, like, within, like, the greater SMC, like uh food chain but um yeah it was like really diverse like personality types like way more so than most of the classes i've had and i think that's because um it's like a like a core class like something uh ubiquitous to all majors so everybody has to take like if you do like a say like uh like an upper level english class for english you're only going to get like the type of people who are drawn to that. And if you do, like, a music class, you're only going to get the type of people who are drawn to that. But if it's, like, something that's, like, ubiquitous for all students... In it's order math. To... Yeah, it's yeah. math, yeah. It's, there's like, no... basic level math. Yeah, yeah, there's no getting around that. It, it... There's no
0: filtration process. <laughs> there's something beautiful
1: about, like, how absurdly
0: eclectic it, like, has to be by nature. <laughs> and that's, like, and that's the thing. You won't find that at a four-year. Because at the end of the day, a four-year still attracts even... On a much larger scale, still attracts people who are generally going for one kind of environment. So while you might get a few court jesters mm. in in like a, a GE class, like by and large, it's gonna be people you more or less would expect to see around the halls. Like at a, at a typical four year university, at community college, it's the wild west. Anything goes in that GE classroom, and that is what makes it so special. I think. Yeah. Like there's, I mean. I think that you also always have. And I'm sure we had a few in, in that class as well. There's always the like person in their late sixties, early seventies that. Was is, there someone like that in Mister Wang's class? I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm positive there must have been. But there's all they, that person. There's always at least one in a classroom in community college. Uh, because they're there because they never got their degree or they're just, you know, they're retired and they just want to learn more things and yeah. so they're going about it and all props to them. But they are also, they also put 500% more effort into that oh, classroom completely. than anyone else. Those, Cause those
1: are the people who are like driven to be there intrinsically. Whereas like, I think like your standard, like run of the mill, like 18 year old at SMC is there like by parental guidance and is like just just like occupying space there because they don't know where what else to do or where else to be.
0: Yes, we and, were. Yeah. And that's that <laughs> seems that's
1: self description. Um but like if you're going there at 35, like you're there you're on a mission. Yeah. You're, like you're there with intent. Yeah. Um,
0: it's it's a magical place. I, I saw some strange, strange things. I the I think okay, no, the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed in my time at SMC. And I've witnessed some wild things. I once witnessed a uh, woman in the middle of campus squat and relieve herself. Really? Um, in, the, in the middle of the campus. I've seen that. But nothing comes close just as far as sheer farcical value uh, of walking across campus one day, witnessing a campus police officer. I... I wish I could say I'm making this up because it's so far-fetched and I swear to the honest truth. I'm walking across campus and I see a campus police officer newspa- like campus newspaper open because you know they had like the school paper. Yeah. He's like reading the school paper and front headline on the paper is uh, is chicken on the loose at campus. It's a picture of a chicken like running out of a bush on campus and it's something about like like loose chicken on campus uh, if, if you see it call animal control or something. I was like that's and he's a, just reading it he's not it, actively looking it is the a chicken. it is a campus pd officer reading it with intent like a stern look in his eye like just standing there reading this paper and i walk by i'm like that's a lot to take in okay and i walk another 70 feet and out in front of me darts a chicken just <laughs> that's the a f- chicken from the newspaper yes and it was this was in the same time i was like what where am i right now what is this school this place is a this is a literal zoo this <laughs> is as close as you can get to a zoo here that's it was a beautiful sight
1: that's pretty exceptional yeah. i
0: uh
1: yeah I, I i love that that took place Sorry but to that. No.
0: but yeah it was just uh it was really something to behold in that place it
1: and, certainly was
0: and i mean i i had the uh i would say like i i've said this before uh end of the day I will wear my alma mater as a UC Irvine ant eater with pride, and I will I will you know gladly plop that at the top of any resume. Mm-hmm. I have gladly. End of the day, though, I'm always gonna have just a bit more of a a connection in my heart to the Corsairs, the Santa Monica College Corsairs. Really, is just I feel like I developed so much there. I yeah. saw so many things. That I shouldn't have seen there. It <laughs> and... really like, does
1: seep into your identity. It, like... it,
0: it... So, I feel like I became a much more worldly and jaded person simultaneously yeah. in, my, in my years there. Um, and you're on your way out as well, too,
1: right? Yeah, I uh, am, as of now, registered at UCSB to start uh, this fall. Right. Um, and cake be, stands every day baby that's the goal yeah actually no I'm goodbye like,
0: comedy career hello Chi Alpha Sigma
1: yeah I'm actually not very uh, into the whole party scene
0: yeah so it's a pretty <laughs> you found a <laughs> perfect choice. environment but um, but yeah so in your time there will you still I assume you'll still do the stand up thing regularly or get involved well right now uh,
1: with with the this uh, comedy production I've been company i've been doing shows with uh we've been doing a lot in santa barbara already so i'll probably stay connected to that but um there isn't quite uh as much opportunity to like do open mics and like get up as like a newer comedian in santa barbara Mm. than uh like a major city like la
0: even so i mean it's it's good that you have this this work you're doing with don't tell comedy how did you how did you get involved with them
1: so with that um I was brought on by my friend Cole, who uh, I know through UCB, through Improv there, and uh, he was hosting shows, and uh, he brought me on first, I was just volunteering, setting up chairs, getting people seated, taking tickets, Uh, and then after a while of that, they started having me play music for the shows, Uh, just like jazz guitar in between comics. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually, after a while of doing that, they started paying me and... I do, like, maybe, like, one or two shows with them a week, usually in, like, Santa Barbara and, like, Irvine area. That's and, right.
0: You heard that second one, baby.
1: Yeah. Uh, and some a couple other places. Uh, lately, it's been a ton of Santa Barbara, though, and those shows are fun. Dude, dude. Santa Barbara crowds, like, this probably isn't coming as a major surprise to anyone, but tend to drink, like, heavier. No! Um, but, uh, yeah, with, like, a little more excess, I'd say, than, like... The average Southern California mm-hmm. demographic.
0: Well, the Kai Alpha Sigma guys are, uh, you know, they're 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 on the move. They're just they're shakers and movers. They're and shakers,
1: the, movers, and avid comedy
0: fans. And they 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 need a good shortle here and there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned that you sort of started doing comedy before stand-up you did improv with uh, ucb yes. Upr- upright citizens brigade here in la that's true i've had uh uh some ucb people on the show before rather i have had one ucb person on the show before and one groundlings person on the show here before uh granted that ucb person i had uh, amos vernon is a, a sketch comic so uh in your time doing improv what did you find that because i've done improv as well i've talked yeah. about that a bit on the show as well uh And how did you come to find, like, do you still enjoy doing improv or how did that evolution from improv to stand up go?
1: Um, I like improv and I feel like when I'm joking around with friends and like just hanging out, it takes on like a form more similar to that. Um, I think it was like a good, it's like a good, like foot in the door for like uh, taking like a general interest in comedy to like actually doing it because it's a little less intimidating like getting on a stage with like a group of people for you to play off of rather than like be judged purely by your own thoughts and like presentation. I, I still really like improv. I like watching it. I don't do it uh, anymore but um, I think it was like a good, it was like a good introduction for me and I think it also like kind of helped me pivot like my interest into like stand-up.
0: Right. And so how did that, how did that sort of pivot happen? What was it that you found you were lacking in improv that stand up was giving you?
1: Uh, $500 a month. (laughs) UCB charges. Um, yeah, that's part of it. I, I liked UCB and if, um, I, I think it's like a great, like for what they offer, it is also very expensive. Right. Um, I think that, uh, I've been doing it for a while, and I, I liked it, and I, I think I um, was doing pretty decently, but I didn't really want to, like, continue on, like, the trajectory they put you in, like, doing, like, the 101, 201 classes you and have, so forth. You go through years it's, of yeah. classes and it's, a couple thousand dollars yeah. by the end of it, yeah. Um, but I... And I always, like... I was into stand-up more, like, when I, like, thought about, like, the comedy that, like, excited me. Um, so... Uh, after, I did, like, up until the second class, 201, and then me and a friend of mine, who I did both of them with, um, we were both kind of in the same like boat, in terms of, like, wanting to, like, we we both were, like, more into stand-up, and we just kind of were we're just doing this for the sake of doing it. So after that, we started doing open mics together, which was cool. It made it, like, a little less daunting to, like, go with a friend, and, yeah, just gradually building up from there.
0: So was it with stand-up it was more about the kind of authenticity of it that was more appealing to you because I guess
1: I think I uh, maybe partly I think I also like that you 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 can like get material and grow a repertoire. Whereas, like, with improv, it's, like, very ephemeral. Like, as soon as you do something, it's gone for good.
0: Right. You you have those four minutes of that one scene, and yeah. then that scene is gone forever. And sometimes,
1: granted, that's, uh, sometimes that's, like, the best thing because it's, like, what's true to you in that exact moment. And, mm-hmm. like, you can just, like, completely go with, like, the thoughts and feelings and energy that feels, like, right just then. And, like, you don't have to force it in at, like, a later point. But it is also, like, super intangible for that same reason.
0: Right. That's It's, like... You can describe a stand-up bit to somebody in hindsight... And you can do a decent job at it if you can sort of match that comedian's delivery enough. It's never going to be as good as actually seeing the comedian do it, but you can recall a bit to your friend and garner a laugh out of them. Mm. Have you ever tried recalling an improv scene to somebody? It's usually
1: a disaster. Sometimes really funny,
0: though. It can be funny to you. I feel like I've never... Maybe I just don't have the knack for it, but I feel like I've never described an improv scene I saw to somebody successfully and had them go, (laughs) I've heard... (laughs) <laughs> like, forcing a smile when I've described that scene. But I feel like an improv scene is in such a, as you said, like, kind of, it's it's microcosm, it's little world. It existed, and poof, it's gone. And yeah. that's, not to discredit it, again, it's very special for that reason. Yeah. But it's a totally different ballpark. And so it was more the, the staying power of stand-up that was appealing to you.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Um, I also think, like, most of, like, the comedy that, like, I grew up on and that, like, I find uh i find myself like most attracted to is like in the form of stand-up comedy so i think that was also part of it is just like exposure and like the things that i was seeing a lot of that i liked was yeah. like a big influence on it
0: who did you grow up on who were some of the big forces for that
1: in the beginning i it was a lot of a lot of louis a lot of dave chappelle i like rodney dangerfield a lot yeah uh those are like Trying to think of who else. I, it's like, do you ever, like, someone asks you what your favorite movie is and then you forget Ye- every deer movie? In you've the ever seen? Yeah. yeah, I just am like, and oh, you're what? just like,
0: bring it on, too. <laughs> no! <laughs> step up, too! That's, that's my second favorite movie. No, I meant Superman <laughs> too! <laughs> <laughs> Superman 2 is a good movie. Eh?
1: Yeah. Is that the one where um, he, like, freezes the bad guys in, like, a piece of st- like, yeah, that, stainless that's, glass? That's Superman 2, yeah. Okay, yeah, I. I would stand by that if I if that came out like during that like deer in the
0: headlights moment for me. <laughs> it you didn't mean it. But it was actually cool runnings, but uh yeah. but you'll you'll hold the Superman too. I, I, I feel you. Yeah. Um, um I was meaning to comment on the fact by the way that you know we're recording this in your in your house right now doing uh, out of the station mm. and you own a copy of the Super Mario Brothers movie. On I DVD. do. It's
1: both Simultaneously an excellent and tragic movie at the same time. Your
0: actual favorite movie of yeah. all time. Sitting right there. Above in between in between National Lampoons, Van, Van Wilder and Night at the Museum 2. What is this collection you're working on here? It's actually
1: these are mostly my older brother's movies. I moved into his room when he moved out because better real estate. Um but he did not take his movie collection with him. So I've just been like... What a
0: shame. He's missing out on some bangers. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> if, it, if
1: he just had his wits about him, he could be watching Van Wilder right now. But <laughs> uh, Looks like
0: we won tonight. It's going to be on my agenda. Uh, Van Wilder for the 17th time. But So, you mentioned, uh, yeah, Louis Chappelle, Dangerfield. Um, you know, very... Uh, uh, Louis and Chappelle especially, very uh, kind of long form sort of almost storytelling comedians not stories exclusively but sure but yeah long form delving into subjects. Dangerfield danger field very snappy and quick yeah uh so it's kind of a merging of those two worlds i guess and sort of what you do Any, anyone else that sort of comes to mind
1: uh i really love paul f tompkins yeah um he was that was a big one for me and like you're you're talking like specifically like growing up like early like introduction to comedy or, yeah like, I, mean, right befo- I mean
0: like i mean i'd say like people that you know at any stage in your life, you saw them do stand-up and you are like, that looks fun. I would like to participate in that. Because, like,
1: the earlier stuff, it was um, a lot of those guys. I saw the movie Tenacious D, which I mean, had... Pick a Destiny? Yeah, Pick yeah. a Destiny, of course. Um, which had a lot of cameos from great comics and they, uh, centered around the comedy duo, Tenacious mm-hmm. D. Um, that was, like, like, the holy grail of, like films for me at like 14 i think it was for a lot of people at yeah it still is like per, just like the perfect it's like a fun like musical buddy comedy right um who else todd glass who's uh like loved him growing up recently and you've developed some kind of a friendship with him yeah i yeah. Like, work out with him kind of pretty often yeah
0: if you want to get into how did that even go down okay
1: so i met uh Okay, the first time I saw Tab Glass was actually at a Don't Tell Comedy show. We were doing a festival in Platform, Clover City, which is kind of like an upscale like shopping district area, and uh, he was. It was like two simultaneous shows, like so four shows going on, like two and two at a time, in like different parts of the area, and then the fifth show uh, was like everybody came up uh, to the rooftop, uh, so it was like huge, uh, just like packed with. Um, A lot of people i don't know why there was that like climactic pause (laughs) just just really milking
0: lions (laughs) (laughs) and one gladiator
1: um and yeah i saw him and he just crushed like it was extraordinary like some of the best stand-up i'd ever seen um and anyway like about a week later i see him at my gym of all places um and I, he's, like, got his headphones in and I don't want to bother him or anything. Um, uh, I just, I like, go about my workout, and then I go to the sauna, and I'm just, like, on my phone, like, wearing, like, just listening to uh, This American Life or something. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah, um, you, 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 we
0: all think you're so refined and sophisticated, <laughs> yeah. Michael. I mean, that's... You can be honest with us. It was LMFAO. <laughs> no one will judge. <laughs> I was listening to a best of Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway. Kenny G, The Essential Collection. I... (laughs) Anyhow, you were... were...
1: I was was listening to some form of audio, and uh, I just see someone, like, sit down, like, right next to me, and I, like, follow him up from, like, (laughs) just... Like, I notice his, like, thigh first, and then just, like, gradually, like, anchor my head upward to see Todd Glenn. Is like, like
0: an Ingrid Bergman, like, (laughs) pan-up shot? Like, on the feet?
1: Um... And then I, um, and then I just start talking to him and I'm like, Hey, I did that show with you. Uh, I was, did it. I was, uh, like working there. I was bartending at that one. (laughs) (laughs) Right up there with you. (laughs) Tati, make me. How are you? Seven and seven, right? Um, yeah. So I, I see him and, uh, we start talking and he invites, if I want to come sit on, sit in on the show. (laughs) No, but he invites if I he invites me if I'd like to come sit in on the show and just like listen in for an episode. His podcast right on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. so I do that. Yeah, clarify uh, the podcast, not like uh, is stand up, and um, I do that like once or twice, and then uh, he invites me to start doing music for the show, like just like scoring bits. It's like kind of got like an improvisational tone, and I do like. Maybe like three or four more episodes of that, um and it's like with different comics as guests, and I just kind of like interject when appropriate mm-hmm. um and it's fun, and then like occasional like like doing like actual like bits with them too,
0: so in that amount of time that you have been doing stand up I mean you've evidently you know obviously you still have a long way to go, of course, but I mean you've come a long way too since you've started, I would say. In what ways do you want your voice to do? You do you have? I mean, like specific goals that you want, that you aspire to have your voice um, evolve toward. Like, what is sort of the next step for you as a comedian? Do you even know? That's a good
1: question. Um, I think I I just kind of want to get better. I don't I don't really feel like I see a clear cut like path that's like I definitive of um, this than this yeah yeah, yeah. i just want to get like a little more comfortable on stage like better in my writing mm-hmm. um, do more like real shows as opposed to just like open mics right um
0: and another question i'm kind of curious about because i feel like so many comedians have so many different takes on this uh, from one way or another um, and feel free to just you don't have to answer if you don't really feel comfortable discussing it mm-hmm. but it seems like one of the biggest topics that's being discussed right now um, in comedy for the last few years, and it continues to be discussed. I mean, it was just recently, and um, you know, Chappelle's new special mm. is sort of the kind of culture of, and I don't want to say this in a in a negative way because I, to a large extent, am in favor of it, but, uh-huh. but uh, political correctness and and uh, uh, you know. Speaking sort of diplomatically on issues, I mean, I think we are both in agreement that it often can be detrimental to comedy. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that it can go much too far, and actually, just it can become it can it can evolve to a level of uh, censorship that is unnecessary for comedy. But then again, there is you know times like this recent incident with Sean Gillis. Yeah. But so it like but the point being like do you feel that in your time as a comedian uh, maybe it's different when you're just sort of starting out and doing Mm. open mics but have you felt kind of that pressure on you at all like oh I gotta be careful with what I say I could really I could really uh, you know
1: not um, not a lot I feel like the stuff I say generally isn't like too inflammatory like there's some like riskier bits and even that like I I mean it's one thing like trying to get an open mic with like A dozen people whereas like performing it like recorded for a netflix special will get an entirely different reaction Mm -hmm. um i haven't really felt too much of like a presence of like of like judgment over where i stand on like social issues or like more like controversial topics like i i don't feel like there's like much of like a pressure to like walk on eggshells around like things like that like at the place i'm at at least of like open mics and like the occasional like show and i mean i think maybe if i was like a more like edgier comic like someone who like really like went for like more shock bits it it might be um it might be a different story but yeah no me personally i haven't like felt like a huge restraint because of that
0: so that being said like do you feel that Issues like uh, actual like violence and sexual assault and sexual harassment aside, because that's a completely different discussion for a completely different time, mm. issues more like just a- actual content of stand-up and comedy, do you think that, that it's it's warranted for people to call on the, you know, quote-unquote, as they call it, canceling of comedians and and artists and writers when it ju- when their when their art says something that that a lot of people don't like,
1: I really don't believe it's like justified most of the time. I think, I, it, I it's one thing like when someone does something really heinous in their personal life to like like Harvey Weinstein type situation, like pull that guy from everything. Like just it's like I, it makes sense to like take him detach them from the spotlight yeah detach them from any yeah future monetary take, like gain. all yeah. connection to like people would want to remove like all connection to anything they're working on from someone like that i don't feel like the same kind of punishment should be applied if someone like makes like an off-color joke or chappelle
0: puts out a special like he just put out or something yeah. yeah
1: i mean i think that um like everybody is to a certain extent like entitled to like think and say what they want right um I, I think that like it would be very difficult to like manufacture something that doesn't step on anyone's toes and doesn't offend anybody. Yeah. So, in short, yeah, I, I think that I, I think that there isn't as much a need to like be so restrictive over like
0: more of an more of an understanding of like bygones be bygones. Like if you don't like someone's comedy, you don't have to listen. You know. Again, if someone if someone is actively a, a threat or a danger or has done something. Actively harmful, then yes, I think, by all means, get that person out of here. Yeah. But if someone is just talking about something you don't necessarily agree with... Like, I, for instance, I can't stand Ben Shapiro. I think Ben Shapiro is a despicable human, and I don't care to give him the time of day or rhyme or reason. Right. I don't think he's done anything... As far as we know, he hasn't done anything actually criminal. Yeah. Uh, Let him have his show. Let him keep doing his thing. That's fine. He hasn't actually... Whereas someone like Alex Jones, while the lines are a bit blurrier, he has maybe someone indirectly like incited actual violence before, so it's understandable. Yeah, get him, get him. You know, YouTube is within their right to boot him off the platform. I sure, think, yeah. At that point, um, so I mean, of course, then you get into a whole other territory outside of comedy when it comes to voices like that. But uh, I mean, ultimately. A, you, you don't have to like, appreciate, or approve of what that person is doing, but to actively try to cancel their career is another story entirely. If they haven't actually done anything that is truly violent or or cruel or insightful of violence or cruelty, right? Uh, I, I mean, this sort of being, you know, a, a changing. Do you feel? Do you worry that the more your career. Uh, in this field, kind of evolves, and you gain more traction and more exposure, and you start doing bigger shows. Do you worry about things you have said or might say in the future uh, could could harm your trajectory, or do you think that ultimately the 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 impact of you know cancel culture, as they as they call it, uh, in in this respect, in terms of just, in terms of just words that are said? Uh, do you think it's something that is sort of easier to serpentine around and has less of an impact than people make it out to have?
1: I I mean, I I haven't worried about it too much for myself. One, I don't think my stuff is, like, particularly boundary-pushing in terms mm-hmm. of, like, being, like, like very, like, deeply offensive. That, that doesn't mean it couldn't be, like, an issue in the future, but I also find it, like, not very here nor now to, sure. like, get caught up in, like, the perspective threat that could come from that or like that being an issue right i feel like i'm i have like a lot of steps to take before that would even be like something that's like on my radar is like a a thing to worry about like right now i'm more um focused on like building up to a point where i do have like an audience and i do have people i can offend someday (laughs) if i'm if 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 i so choose yeah um i'm not like too concerned with it i suppose
0: okay well, I mean, that's, yeah, then that's, uh, that's all you can really ask for then. Um, well, Mike, we are, we are just about out of time here. So uh, in case anyone's interested, where can people find you in the future? Uh, I have a show with
1: Don't Tell Comedy at a spot called Podshare Venice, uh, which is about a mile from Venice Beach. It's a pretty neat show, a uh, good lineup, and you can get tickets to that at don'ttellcomedy.com, I believe. 30. and uh they're twenty dollars or twenty five um
0: and that's this friday right that's this friday yeah it'll be the 20th yes the friday the 20th uh, friday the 20th and they can they can get tickets where again uh at don't tell comedy.com don't tell comedy.com. yeah and uh and that and that goes for any upcoming shows you're doing as well not just you but also uh don't tell comedy in general right yeah
1: so they have shows all over the country really um they are they're a lot in, uh, like, L.A. and Irvine, which I imagine is where most of, like, the people, most of the three people who are listening to <laughs> this will...
0: It's it's six. Six loyal fans, three casuals. We're doing okay. Two of
1: them, your parents?
0: Four loyal fans and three casuals, <laughs> yes. and then Michael and Cheryl. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's your show, Friday. Check that out at DontTellComedy.com. And what about social media? Do you uh, really have anywhere to people can follow you there, or I, I have an Instagram. There's a Don't Tell. There's a page for Don't Tell Comedy,
1: and then I have uh, my own Instagram, which is just various stuff. And what are the what are the handles for those accounts? Uh, my Instagram is uh, Mike Bar B A R R five zero nine nine, mm-hmm. uh, and Don't Tell Comedies is Don't Tell Comedy. Right. Uh, very fitting title mm-hmm. for given their for name for a brand yeah. yeah
0: simple enough okay uh well michael uh this was a wacky interview we discussed jeweling we discussed community college we discussed uh some hot button contemporary issues yeah and we discussed your career a little bit too and yeah so we we so yeah that'll that'll uh, that'll we, do we, that'll do her kid mike thanks so much for coming on of course thanks for having me buddy all right